When it comes to films, the vast majority follow certain plot or genre structures. Whether that structure comes with a lot of action, suspense, or comedy, we generally know what ingredients go into a specific type of gumbo that make it work. We can see this in Hollywood, for instance, from the 30s to the 50s. However, the 60s had something to say about all that and turned things on their heads. Films like The Graduate, Easy Rider, and 2001 A Space Odyssey began mixing things up and putting new ideas into play. We can also see this internationally, as the French and Czech New Wave came washing ashore, redrawing the maps we once knew. There was one film, however, released in 1981, that is still so unique, genre-bending, and devoid of anything familiar that makes it stand out. A film made by a French master, and one starring two actors who nobody really knew outside of the New York theater scene. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a glass of Renaissance Red from our friends at the Goose Watch Winery close to my hometown in upstate New York. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. excited to talk to you about our subject today. It's a film so unique and so engrossing, yet devoid of any usual cliches or ideals. We follow a man through the New York subway and streets as he ventures towards his destination. With the dirty and busy streets above and graffitied fluorescently lit trains below, we hear his thoughts preparing for his evening ahead. He arrives at a restaurant, orders a drink at the bar, and waits for his friend, Andre. It's a film written by two friends in the New York City theater scene and filmed by the great Louis Mall, called My Dinner with Andre. The plot is extraordinarily simple. Two old friends plan to meet at a restaurant to catch up. One man arrives earlier than the other, but when they sit down, they order food and talk. That's it. It's a plot that on the surface level, you think has no business being a full-length feature film. However, at its core is a deeply philosophical and ever-winding conversation that is highly intriguing. There are two main characters in this film. 
In fact, I think the only other character worth noting in terms of screen time is the waiter who serves them. As for the two leads, there is of course the titular character of Andre, and the man who we follow named Wally. Andre is played by Andre Gregory, a theater director and actor who at the time of 1981, Andre is a, let's call him peculiar man, who is a world traveler and savant. We learn through Wally's thoughts that Andre was seen weeping after the viewing of a Bergman film and had become somewhat aloof afterwards. Wally is played by Wallace Shawn, an actor who up to that time of Andre was known for his acting in plays, some of which under the direction of Andre himself. Wally very much lives in the present and is concerned with his immediate needs and environment. He's also been trying to avoid Andre for the past few years until he felt he needed to reach out and connect after learning of Andre's current state. Funnily enough, before watching My Dinner with Andre, I had recently viewed Bergman's film Winter Light. It really captivated me, and I enjoyed the simplistic brilliance and moral dilemma that Gunnar Bjornstrand's character, a priest, is met with over the fear of nuclear war. I wanted to define other films that played on themes like this, where it was a kind of bare-bones sort of production, but handled with such grace and artistry. In my research, I landed on our subject today, and bought the film to watch. I walked into my dinner with Andre with very few expectations and an open mind, and was rewarded with an enthralling conversation and journey. The restaurant in the film is not a real place, but a set designed to emulate an actual eatery in New York called Café des Artistes, and was pulled off quite brilliantly. The recreation was built in an abandoned hotel's ballroom in Richmond, Virginia. Like other aspects of the film, the illusion that everything is taking place in real time is expertly done. We see Wally enter the restaurant from the street and think nothing of the pristine decor and furnishings inside. However, the fact that the only on-location shots are those of Wally on the street and subway is quite impressive. In searching for a director, the two men wanted someone that they respected and whose approach they agreed with. Louis Moll was coming off of directing a film titled Atlantic City prior to filming Andre. The director recalls the juxtaposition in his approach between working on both films back to back. In an interview after the filming of My Dinner with Andre, he spoke with Wallace Shawn and stated, quote, You gave me the script of My Dinner with Andre, and I was cutting, editing Atlantic City, and here I was with almost the opposite approach, which was that in Atlantic City, I was pretending that documentary was fiction. In my dinner with Andre, I was pretending that fiction was documentary. End quote. I've always found that very interesting and validates why the film feels all the more authentic to me. To me, it feels like these two characters exist somewhere, 
like Louis Mall just happened upon them and started filming. I suppose that's a testament to the writing, planning, and devotion on the parts of the two leads and the director. Louis Mall's direction here is perfect, seemingly getting out of the way and letting the actors do what they do best. In reality, however, Mall helped both Sean and Gregory act the parts instead of acting as themselves, as the two had originally planned. Although resistant to this idea at first, Mall proved to both men that playing a part was the best direction forward for the movie overall. Outside of the direction, everything else seems very softened. The camera angles are nothing extravagant, just meant to capture what's being said. Andre and Wallace are brilliant in the film and play their roles expertly through the delivery of their dialogue and their emotions. There are certain directors, like Hitchcock and Lang, who believed their audience were collaborators of their films leaving things to their imagination, and thus giving into the experience. Maul believed much of the same. In fact, in an interview, Maul states, I've always refused to let spectators leave the theater absolutely confirmed about something. For me, the ideal spectator is one who leaves the theater with more questions than he came in with. We have a lot of that here with My Dinner with Andre as there are no tricks induced through the two men's discussion. There are no flashbacks, no reenactments, just simple storytelling through dialogue. Due to this, our imagination kicks into gear, picturing what is being described, and as the film develops, we're asking questions in our minds. I think that's what's so great about this film and makes it so intriguing to me. As the opening credits rolled on top of the grainy pictures of New York City, I felt myself slowly sink into this film, slowly giving into the experience and atmosphere, and felt myself being engrossed in the conversation of two old friends at a restaurant booth. I revisit my dinner with Andre once in a while, and have always enjoyed what I get out of it. I find it fairly meditative and relaxing, like I'm in on a conversation with old friends. It's a film like no other, carving into uncharted territory and planting a flag firmly in the ground of cinematic history. I once read that when someone asked Roger Ebert about a movie devoid of cliches, he always recommended My Dinner with Andre. That's a highly accurate assessment. A movie devoid of cliches. Indeed. There are a lot of different stories that Andre divulges of his travels to many places, and each of them come with spectacularly described memories. Some of these include a theater retreat to a Polish forest, walking the Sahara Desert with a Buddhist monk, Scottish agriculture, and much more. One of my favorites of these is when Andre describes when he attended a Christmas Eve Mass on Long Island, and while sitting down in one of the pews, he sees a blue creature looking at him. He describes the creature and how he perceived the experience 
All the while, Wally and us, the audience, sit across from him, confounded, yet interested in the tales told. My Dinner with Andre was released to theaters and was very well received by critics and moviegoers alike, who were able to view it. Since then, this film has influenced generations and helped usher in new ideas into cinema. Since then, Andre, Wally, and Louis went back to their normal cycles. Andre and Wally returned to the theater, and Louis took up more film projects. The three, however, would reunite two more times to embark on other films. These include Vanya on 42nd Street and A Master Builder, the latter of which was just released in 2013. After Andre, Wallace Shawn began working more and more in movies. He starred in several films since 1981 and has made his own mark on cinema. But two of his roles come to mind as those you might be familiar with. One of those roles came in 1987 when he played the role of a Sicilian criminal who kidnaps a princess. He would take the role into something of legend in Rob Reiner's The Princess Bride as Vizzini. The second role you may know him from is one in which you never see him in. In 1995, Sean voiced a toy dinosaur named Rex, helping his friends Woody and Buzz to make it back to safety in Toy Story. If my memory serves me well, I believe I first watched this film with a friend named Pat in my college years. I believe we watched it after I purchased it during a Criterion sale. What I remember for certain, however, is that he and I really enjoyed this movie and talked about it after its screening. Since then, I've revisited Andre every now and again, and have also introduced it to a few people, including my wife. Each time, they come away with something, and my wife enjoyed the experience overall. Having said that, this type of film is not for everyone, and I do understand that. There are those who will not like Andre, as it is quite different from anything else. I mean, if I had to think of something that was the complete opposite of a Marvel movie, it would probably be Andre. If there's one last thing I can say about this film... It's that after the film faded to black. During that initial viewing, I had lost track of time, surprised at how far into the future I found myself. I liked this movie right away and feel that it's worth a watch for any movie fan, especially those interested in the more artful side of cinema. If you'd like to watch My Dinner with Andre, for yourself, you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can find it on the Criterion Channel. The Criterion Channel is a service of tremendous value from our friends at the Criterion Collection. Pricing options include $9.99 per month or $99 per year, which was what I chose to do. You can also find My Dinner with Andre on other services including Prime Video, Apple TV, 
Google Play, and Vudu for $3.99 to rent. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazecinema.com. There, you'll find more info about the show and a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, our blog page features each episode in written form as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema.